Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What do you got for me? What's wrong with you people? I got nothing for you. What's wrong What's going on, everyone, and welcome to The Reformatory, the podcast for the local church and by the local church, and we are your local churchmen. My name is Josh, and I'm here with my ever-faithful, ever-loving, ever-caring, <laughs> ever-sharing co-host, Jack Berry. Yes, sir. Jack Jack has come into, Jack has come into the promise that he has raided Canaan. And has come back. <laughs> he's come back with the grapes oh my and God. the 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 fruits of his labor, bountiful, bountiful gifts, of which uh, I, as Jack's uh, co-host and closest confidant, receive. <laughs> you are so trying to rub this in right now. <laughs> receive some of the benefit, right, Jack? Right. Yes, right? that's true. Yes, yes. Uh, Jack uh, got a couple boxes of some amazing, amazing um, good gifts, shall we stay, shall we say, of the smoky flavor, Yeah, the smoky variety, and yeah. uh, he's going to share share some with that um, with me. If y'all want to know, they are uh, Rose of Sharon Lanceros so and good. La Barba Purples yeah. in the Lancero Vitola. Yep. So so good. Jack, how how are you? I I I feel like so I I was just on a I was on a trip. Uh, I was able to get away for the weekend with my lady. Went down to Cannon Beach, Oregon, one of our favorite places. Uh, and you was, went to a kid, kids casino, didn't you? We did. We went to a kids <laughs> casino, uh, aka an arcade, uh, and uh, spent you know way too much money uh, on like a little uh, Mandalorian figurine and some some oh, airheads. Man. Nice. Yep. Uh, nice. When it comes to airheads, okay, I've got a beef with airheads. Airheads. Airheads have gotten smaller. Airheads have gotten smaller, okay. and they are not the same airheads as when I was a little kid. I remember airheads and Reese's peanut butter cups being much larger, and Oreos being much larger than they are. They have downsized. I'm I mean, you could you could say the fact that you have grown up has slightly 
changed the increment in which you see things, right? Are you calling? Is this a? Are, are you? Are you calling me? Are you calling me? Fa- are you calling me? No, grown? This are is- you calling me an adult? <laughs> okay, I'm calling you adult. Yes, don't not- <laughs> don't throw the a word at me, <laughs> dude. I'm just saying, like, I see everything proportionally, and I'm going, okay. yeah, you this see does look smaller. Yeah, it does. Than I remember this. It does. Yeah, hundred percent. That's okay, Jack. Before we get into the cigar of the, uh, of the week. Um, yes, you you have you have a little uh, you have a little news a little uh, a, a little breaking news action uh, for for the reformatory. This is breaking this is exciting. News. This is special. I'm gonna I want to throw it over to you and why don't you let yeah. us know? Let why don't you let us know about some new developments going on in your life? New developments. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I would say over the last couple of weeks, my wife has been having these weird health issues. Oh no! And then we were just like, "What's going on? What's happening? What could it be?" And then all of a sudden, <laughs> when she when she when she told me this, she told me this about maybe a couple weekends ago on a Saturday. Yeah. And I was completely knocked out. Yeah. And my wife's like, "Hey, hey, I got I got to tell you something." I'm like. Uh, what? I'm just like half awake, not yeah. even like trying to get up. She's like, "Hey, uh, we're gonna have a baby," and yes! I'm like, "You serious? Yes! You serious? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, baby. Okay, thanks. I'm going back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> you did that too. I hundred percent. I know you did. I absolutely. Uh, you're like, oh, no, 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 no. That's awesome. That's awesome. Andor is on. I'm watching Andor. <laughs> No, but yeah, uh, we're gonna. Technically, my wife is six weeks pregnant, all right. um, maybe all right. even seven ish. But yeah, um, so far she's been doing fairly well. Uh, some nausea and stuff like that. Mm. Um, all comes with a the lot territory. of prenatal vitamins and eating a lot of protein. That's been cutting down on nausea, but. Yeah, hopefully June, late June, early July time frame. I yep. want to listen. I want my first child to rein in on Independence Day. Oh, there you go. And just July like 4th. absolutely <laughs> just like uh, take it to the cleaners, you know? Yes. But that's just yes. my desire for them. I don't that's know. Right. Anyways, that's right. Anyways. So, yeah. Well, Jack, congratulations, my friend. I I am so happy for you. Uh does that dude, does that mean I'm 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 an uncle? Like, am I sort of an yes, uncle, or, are or am I sort honorary, of a godfather? You are an honorary uncle. I wouldn't call you a godfather yet. I'll call you an okay. honorary uncle. You know, I'll take it. I don't know if, I don't know if we can go godfather status yet on uh, this, Josh. Oh, boy. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I love it. Dude, that's awesome. Well, congrats to you guys. That's some big news. Uh, that's big news, obviously, for you guys. Big news for the podcast. Um mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna have to think up a new name for you, Bro Jack. Isn't gonna. I mean, I want to say, I want to say Jack Daddy. Like, I like, I kind of like that. I was gonna go Daddy Jack, but that sounds creepy. Uh, so if, I'm thinking Jack Daddy. <laughs> that kind of lines up because I think somebody called the Cappadocian Fathers the Cap Daddies. Yes, there it is. <laughs> there it is. That's it. All right, Jack Daddy. Hey, yep. Why don't you give us a cigar of the week, my friend? All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have a cigar that Josh and I have both smoked. Josh currently has him has them in his humidor. One of my top five. Yeah, they're a very good cigar. They are from a brand called La Barba. Mm. Uh, there is a there is a couple different renditions of this cigar. One of them I'm gonna. Uh, talk about is just the plain ricochet. There is the other one that I like just slightly, just slightly better in taste. It's called the Ricochet Mexi Soul. 
But this original Ricochet that they made was probably their strongest, fullest flavor of cigar that they've made. Um, it has a Mexican San Andreas wrapper. Uh, it is made in the Dominican Republic. And it has... The binder is Indonesian. Very unique. Very unique. Just uh, like us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the filler is Dominican, Nicaraguan, and some of the fillers are from Pennsylvania, which is also crazy unique as well, too, in any case. Uh, it's very, I would say, like, it depends upon how you smoke this. Usually when I smoke these ricochets, at least the original rendition of it, it has a orange wrapper on it. Uh, I get a lot of earthiness, a lot of chocolatey taste to it. Um, I get some pepper and spice and cedar and some hints of vanilla here and there in it. So this cigar is definitely, if you are up kind of, if your palate really likes that, those kind of flavors, I guess, there's some spice to it. So you got to take that into effect as well. But Usually they run, I would say anywhere between eight. I think the last time I saw it, eight to twelve dollars. Usually mm-hmm. depends on MSRP, but that's kind of your good range. But man, I really like this cigar, um, Josh. I know you like, really like it because you you have bought at least oh two yeah. five packs of these over the years, maybe oh, even dude. more than that. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. Oh yeah, way more than that. No, on no. And here here's the thing again for those that know. You can get these on Cigar Bid, and you can get some steals, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. These are usually on Cigar Bid, uh, and they, they go for a really great price. So they're 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 able to be found on there. Just throwing that out there, uh, you know, to uh, to those that, that want to know. So the La Barba Ricochet, that is the reformatory cigar of the week. Go and smoke to the glory of God. All right, Jack Daddy. Yes, sir. I like the ring. I'm not gonna lie; like, like it kind of oh sticks. Gosh. It kind of, it kind of. I, I kind of like it. Uh, I kind of like it. All right. Here's what we're gonna talk about today. This is a. This is this. It, it's a more sobering topic, but I do believe that it can be encouraging. And uh, mm-hmm. and I know it's a topic that a lot of individuals, a lot of individuals have experienced it firsthand, and most individuals know someone that has gone through something like this. But what what we wanted to talk about today is what to do when the church hurts. Yeah. Um it's a it's a sad but true fact that uh there's there's a lot of bad churches out there. Mm-hmm. Right. There's a lot of individuals in church leadership that have no business being in church leadership. Mm-hmm. Right. Um and churches, good and bad, are comprised of sinful people. People that are still warring against their flesh and uh, often, well, hopefully not often, but, but you know, occasionally uh, act out of a sinful uh, desire and um, a selfish desire rather than one that emulates the person of Christ, right? And this is something yeah. that we have all experienced to one degree or another. And there are individuals, uh, and I'll throw myself in there, that, that um, in the past have been seriously, seriously burned, seriously hurt, uh, seriously uh, damaged by the church uh, mm-hmm. in, in general, right? Uh, and that's something that uh, obviously we know is a reality and that we 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 unequivocally say is bad and sinful and shouldn't happen, 
right? But it's a reality, it does. Yeah. But we as Christians still have a responsibility. Mm-hmm. We still have a command in Scripture to follow. And we still have all of these truths of uh, in Scripture that tell us about the importance of making the local church central to your life, which is why we do this podcast, and to be in community and to not forsake the gathering, all the things that we confess and encourage people to do on this podcast. And you have those two things that war against each other with these yeah. individuals, and I know in my life did for a long time. Yeah. And that I have this command in Scripture, I want to be faithful. I want to be a faithful Christian. I want to be an obedient Christian. But also, this obedience is so, so hard to do yeah. because yeah. of some of the experiences that I've had, things that were said and done to my wife and I uh, by people that we trusted, people in leadership, <laughs> right? Yep. Uh, and this done over not just one church, two, three churches in a row. Yeah. Um. They resulted in a lot of things that had to be worked through, right? Yeah. So I just want to have a dialogue with you, Jack, because I know that this is something that you can relate to as well. Yeah. And and, and we've talked about before on the podcast kind of, you know, the individual things that, that, that were done and said and things of that sort. But both you and I can, can empathize with those people, I think, to a good degree. And that we know what it feels like to have to show up to church with zero desire to be there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And even uh, some fear, uh, uh, anger, frustration, anxiety, uh, all of the things that go into still trying to be obedient, but knowing like this, this place, this burned me (laughs) and Mm -hmm. it burned me bad. Right. Yeah. So, Jack, I want to throw that over to you, man. And I know it's a big convo, and um, mm-hmm. I, I, I think, I think there's a lot of different avenues that can be talked about. And we're going to touch on a couple stuff, but what, what advice or encouragement, Jack, would you have to the individual who has been hurt by the church, um, but also sees the importance and the command to continue to gather with, with their brothers and sisters? Yeah, I would say that this, uh, I would say within the last, since about June, maybe earlier than that time frame of when my wife and I started to look into our current local church that we're at um, and started to explore that, I think we really started to see something that was unique. And that uniqueness was that, and I think every Christian desires this, deep down. And I think that you see this happening when a church hurts you. You see the hypocrisy in what they're doing, right? You see that the culture that is going on within the church is not lining up to what the gospel is, right? So I think what we saw that was pretty remarkable was that um, gospel doctrine at our current local church was leading into gospel culture, and it wasn't uh it wasn't a vice versa either or it wasn't a just one just gospel doctrine is preached and then not gospel culture it's gospel doctrine that was leading into gospel culture that's a huge thing in this one book uh if you read it it's in the nine marks uh little kind of colored book sections they're different colors 
Uh, the book that you can read this mostly on is called The Gospel by Ray Ortland, where he details a little bit more of this, where he talks about gospel doctrine leading into gospel culture. And this is a huge thing right now. <laughs> I feel like this conversation and this idea of gospel doctrine equating into gospel culture is something that needs to seriously be adopted into and looked into for generations and generations to come. Because we've had something that I think was really, I guess, big in the sense where you had this huge, um, you know, I think you had the deconstruction movement that really kind of swept through from 2020 into now. And I think with a lot of that deconstruction movement, some people, it's hard to pin down that word, obviously. I think some people have used that in a way to then actually look upon the goodness that they see in Christianity and see a faith that is really worth fighting for. And some people are just like, abandon it altogether. Sure. Um, sure. And it's a very loaded term. Too. Sure. Like, sure. You exactly. use deconstruction and... <laughs> Nobody everybody's going like, to yeah everybody's everyone has their own definition exactly yeah. yeah but i think that the i think that something that came out of that was the fact that people asked a lot of questions uh who are christians and people were asking my wife and i questions too of like hey why are you going to this kind of smaller local church it's not a mega church it isn't this like why are you guys doing that versus what you were used to which was I mean, I was a member at Mars Hill Church for a very long time. Uh, and then on top of that, I was in the um, independent rendition of that when the local church or the church campus split off and went independent for another few years. Um, and then I left primarily because I was just seeing a lot of stuff that was going on within narratives uh, narratives that were said in private and not in front of the congregation. Like I said, that whole, uh, do we do that as gospel people? No, we don't. We tell the truth no matter where it's at. Um, you do these things because you have integrity, <laughs> or you should at least, for crying out loud. So a lot of that was leading into uh, conversations with I have with my current pastors now in which I asked them pinpoint questions like, What's going on? What happens in a members meeting? Why do we have members meetings? Like, what's going on with certain things and everything like that? And they were very open and honest. And that was just something I never had seen before in a local church. Yeah. Um, and not only that, but they gave me that freedom of my wife and I to say, like, you guys don't need to jump in. Mm. You guys can take your time as much as you want yeah. to heal from your past experience <laughs> with that church. And really soak in to the gospel. And we hear it every single week. And it's really refreshing, actually, yep. to hear the gospel every single week. We do a thing called the Gospel Welcome. It's also something that Ray Ortland had done at Emmanuel Church in Nashville. But it's just something that reconnects us back to why we're Christians and yeah. why the world needs Jesus and the world needs the gospel. And it really goes back to the fact that everybody is hurting on some sort of level. Everybody is mourning mm -hmm. or sinning or failing and they need strength and they need a savior and they need hope 
Um, yeah. And that only hope comes in the person and work of Jesus. Something you said uh, a couple minutes ago that I think is really important that uh, that I want to I want to make sure to kind of flush out too is mm-hmm. is you said your pastors encouraged you guys to gather with God's people, but don't feel like you have to jump in right away. Be content yeah. with sitting in the pew and that being soaking. your service yeah, right, for a soaking, while, right? Really, that's, yeah. that's really, really important, right? Because I think a lot of people, one of the reasons, not the only reason, but I think one of the reasons some individuals may not jump right back after a church hurt is because they can't imagine jumping into like all of the serving, right? You know, while, while they're also trying to deal with everything that has mm. just been, that, that they've just gone through, right? Sometimes one of the best things that you can do is to just be a butt in a pew and allow the Lord to use his people around you to bring that healing, right? Yeah. Now, obviously, we if, if that's all people do, that, that you know, that's obviously a problem. But there are <laughs> there are times, there are times when that is necessary, mm-hmm. whether it be out of fatigue or out of pain, where it's very healthy and biblical and good just to, you know what, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here right now because I know I don't want to forsake the gathering, mm-hmm. but I, I still need the gathering. Right. And it's very appropriate, I think, for pastors to encourage that with individuals in their churches that have gone through that stuff, because uh, that's what those people need often is they need to see uh, their brothers and sisters worshiping. They need to receive the truth of the gospel every Sunday. They need to receive the elements. They need to they need to hear the voices of the people around them. They need to be encouraged in the gospel. Right. And they're not in a place emotionally or spiritually where they're able to give, right, uh, to the same degree that perhaps they were. And and that's okay. That sometimes it is necessary for you uh, as, as someone who is still trying to commit to the local church to just be there. Just be there. And, and that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. That is actually a very good that is a good and 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 great thing to do and it is heads and tails above not showing up at all. Yeah, I would say too that friendship is going to be something I feel that is needed more in the church than rather just servanthood. I feel like a lot of churches push servanthood and being of service and being a servant pretty hard. Sure. But sure. I think that it's not balanced out with this idea of friendship. Mm. And when you just have servanthood without any friendship that's tied to that, yeah. there can be some weird dynamics to it. Sure. You could sure. always just look at yourself as just a servant of God and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Versus digging deeper into what it means for Jesus to call us friends and for us to be his friends as believers, like de- really digging into that kind of level of, I would guess you could call it Christian, like union with Christ. But also, as well, too, like, there are churches that specifically have designed themselves so that the only way that you can be known is to serve. And I feel like those churches do a very big detriment to themselves in setting up a system like that, because you are never, (laughs) you are never going to have people who are going to be, I guess, at ease on a Lord's Day service, you're always going to have people who are in this panic mode 
sure, or in sure. this anxiety who think like, oh my gosh, like I have to do my job. I got to do this. I know that I've experienced that at previous churches a lot. And I feel like at my current church, it's not just, it's, it's just not there primarily yeah. because our leaders lead in a way where it's like, Hey, <laughs> you don't have to worry about the fact that, you know, my wife was, there was some smoke here back, you know, about a month ago or something along those lines. And we we're at uh, a Lord's day service and my wife's kind of like coughing and stuff like that. And she's like, I think we just need to go. And I'm like supposed to be serving communion. I'm like, Oh crap, I got to serve. And then my <laughs> pastor's like, don't worry about it. Just go, <laughs> just do it. In other churches, I would say that that would not have happened. Sure. Sure. That would yeah. have been like, you got to find your replacement in order to leave. Yeah. Um, which is terrible. Um, so yeah, I think that, like I said, going back to that whole gospel culture idea and gospel doctrine being the, the fuel to kind of, uh, give energy and give some push to the engine of gospel culture. It's so important. And I think we neglect it so much. And then on top of it, just what we're going through within our society right now, um, I think people need so much to hear like people talk about the gospel and live it out, <laughs> not just talk about the gospel and let yeah. it sit in your head, you know? Yeah. Well, well, and it's, it's this, like, I think another really important aspect that I think maybe is not talked about enough is, is because I think, look, and I, I want to say this as, I want to say this as graciously as I can. And Mm -hmm. I think, I think our listeners will know my heart behind it. I know Jack knows my heart behind it. Talking about abuse and trauma in, in 2022, it's very, it's very, um, um, in vogue. Sure. Right. Right. It's a very popular thing to talk about right now. Now, um, there are legitimate, 100%, there are legitimate uh, cases and, and, and trauma and abuse within the churches that need to be addressed. Absolutely, 100%. Right. Um, but something that is not spoken about, is, uh, I think, to equal degree, that I believe needs to be when we're talking about abuse and trauma within uh, specifically the local church is that just because the individual that did these things to you mm-hmm. claimed to be a Christian, claimed to be part of the church. Yeah. Right. Does not mean. And again, I say this, I say this as one who understands because <laughs> mm-hmm. I went through it myself and I and I did this right it does not mean that we can write off the church as a whole yeah and that we say well because this happened in the church and because this was quote unquote you know you know a pastor or, or whatever it is um then I just want to focus on my trauma I want to focus on my abuse and just the abuse and not not focus on kind of what I'm supposed to do now because I just want to sit I want to sit in the abuse I want to deal with the trauma and just kind of sit where I'm at now I understand the abuse and the trauma it, it needs to be dealt with and there are legitimate things you got to deal with 100 yeah. percent okay yeah. but we need to understand that that one of the primary ways, that our Father, who knows everything that you have gone through, 
will care for you is going to be through his people. And one of the hardest truths that I had to come to and that and that I want I, I want our listeners to hear this, the same people, and I'm talking not the actual person, but that the same people that brought the hurt are, is going to be who God uses to bring the healing. And that's people within the church. Yeah. And that's a hard thing to get over. And that's a hard thing to, that's a hard truth to sit in. Yeah. But it's true. Yeah. And we have to be very, very careful as we're dealing with the pain and the anxiety and the anger and the sadness and all of the things that come with it, whatever your particular situation brought to you we have to remember that although those things are real and the feelings that they are creating in me are real i do not live in a way that is ruled by my feelings Mm -hmm. i'm not saying the feelings are wrong i'm not saying that the feelings aren't there i'm not saying that the feelings are false i'm just saying that in the midst of that what we have to do is understand that these feelings that I have, although they're real, they are not uh, to be uh, used as the barometer for my actions, right? That I know that it hurts. I know the pain is there. I know the frustration is there and the sadness is there. But our feelings are going to naturally tell us to isolate. Our feelings are going to naturally tell us to pull away Mm-hmm. to not commit, to not go back to that thing that hurt us. And it makes yeah. sense. We do that with other things in life, right? If I reach out to pet a dog and the dog bites me, I'm not going to reach out to pet the dog again. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and that's a, probably a good thing to do, right? But when it comes to the church, one of the hardest battles that we have to get over, and but we must strive to get over it, is remembering that not every pastor... Not every church, not every church member mm-hmm. are going to be the ones that hurt you. Yeah. Right? And they aren't the same. Yeah. And look, that process takes time. I'm not saying yeah. that you flip a switch and, oh, okay, you know, I, I trust pastors again. Or, you know, <laughs> oh, you know, I'm ready to jump into membership now. I'm not saying that's instant. Yeah. That takes time. And sometimes yeah. it takes a while. Right? And, and, and good, faithful pastors understand that and lead those sheep through that process faithfully and patiently. Right? But we have to remember that although those feelings are real, we cannot allow them to control how we respond, right? And we have to remember those truths, that the local church is still important, that there are still uh, godly pastors out there, that there are still churches out there that, that love their people and strive for the good of their people. And not buy into the lie that our flesh will tell us and that Satan will use our flesh to tell us that, well, you know what? You got hurt by the church. You got bit by that dog. Best not to reach out again. Because it that that is what's going to kill you. Mm-hmm. All right. That that is what's going to take all of that, all of that pain that you're working through. And it's going to, it's going to, it's like pouring gasoline on it because now you're isolating yeah. and now you're depriving yourself of one of the primary means that God will use to heal you from that yeah. as faithful brothers and sisters come around you. And look here again, like I, I can hear, I can hear some of the people saying, well, you just look, I, I went through this three times 
back to back where these churches blew up from the inside. Mm-hmm. The people that I trusted uh, turned out to not be trustworthy. Yeah. And my wife and I, and I was hurt every time. And every time it was another scab being peeled off. And each time that scab took longer to heal. Yeah. And I can go into the, if, if, if listeners want to know details, reach out to me. I'm not going to spill them all on the podcast, obviously, but, but just, just, just understand like I, this isn't just a one and done. This is multiple things in my life that the Lord has seen fit in his providence to put me through. And it is only by God's grace that I stand here today and still love the church. Yeah. But one of the things that God, and I'm so thankful that he did never took away from my mind, even though my emotions were raging and telling me the opposite is I need God's people. Mm-hmm. I need to press in and not pull back. Yeah. Right. That's very difficult. Oh yeah. That is, that is, it is. It's one of the hardest things <clears throat> that you will have to do, uh, if you have been hurt specifically by the church, but it is one of the most beneficial things that you can do. Yeah. I think on top of that too, I mean, I had a conversation with one of my pastors, I would say not too long ago. I would say maybe, uh, maybe a month or two ago. Anyways, we were talking about things and he kind of asked me a question related to my old church. And I'm like, honestly, I'm trying to just put my hand on the plow and just keep going forward. Because that's all you can really do in situations where the church, where a previous church has hurt you and you're trying to look for renewal. And really, you're trying to look for a place that harbors the gospel mm. and uses the gospel in a way that is healing to you. Yeah. Um, versus uh, a way in which. Um, it, it kind of just uh, is a way of appeasement. Mm. Um, so, and I said, yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to do sometimes because I've had some situations where it's like, man, I can't believe that this person's doing that or blah, blah, blah. Sure. And then sometimes it's like, you know, let me just put my hand on the plow and let's just keep going forward. Yeah. One of the hardest things that, that, you'll have to do is get to the point of even though, even though the trust isn't there because I I think trust is earned. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, trust happens over a period of time. It's having a, having a, a demeanor of wanting to trust and wanting to give the benefit of the doubt and wanting, uh, to be part of the church, even though the involvement looks differently at different times. Right. And I know that's what was a hard thing for me. Uh, and I'm sure it's hard for other people. It's like, you know, when you when you hear certain turns of phrases or, you you know, your pastor says something that reminds you of something else or, you know, is, is being very, very careful not to um, not to place the sins of former individuals onto your brothers and sisters that you're currently gathering with. Mm. Um, yeah. because it's very easy to do, right? Yeah. It's very easy to be like, oh, well, I mean, you know, this is how, this is how it ended last time. So I'm just going to treat you the same because I know, you know, it's going to blow it. Just, just give it time. It's going to blow up. Right. I know that that's easy to think and that's easy to fall into. 
Um, but but it's it's something that we have to have to <laughs> something we got to work away from. And and look in all of this, right? In all of this, remember the Lord has not abandoned you. The Lord is still with you. He's still shepherding you. He's still leading for you. He's still caring for you. And yeah. he's guiding you where he wants you to go. Right? The Lord in his providence <clears throat> saw fit that you should walk through that valley. And the Lord is not <clears throat> the Lord is not pleased with the sins of men. And he is not pleased with the actions of sinful leaders. But he saw fit that you walk through that for a reason that you most likely don't know right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I didn't when I was going through that, through that stuff. And to some degree, there's some things I still don't know. But I trust in my shepherd. Yeah. And I trust that he is able not only to complete in me the work that he started, but to also be the one that is working in me toward that completion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that the the difficulties that I go through cause me to rely on him more and myself less, cause me to value uh, the relationships in my local church more than I do now, mm-hmm. uh, causes me to value um, <laughs> a doctrinal precision yeah. More than I do now, right? And and, and and grace in those things as well, right? But your Heavenly Father knows where you're at. Mm-hmm. He knows the pain that you feel. And you have a Savior in Jesus Christ that has walked through these things before you and can perfectly empathize and sympathize with you in them. And <clears throat> I think it's that truth that ultimately gave me the strength and the conviction to continue to press into the local church, even though it was, even though doing that was against my flesh and against the actual desires that I had. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm going to be honest, I went to church because I had to, not because I wanted to. Yeah. All right. If that little verse in Hebrews that we like to quote about not forsaking the, the, the gathering, if that wasn't there, you wouldn't have seen me there. Because I didn't want anything to do with any of these people and their hypocrisy and it's just waiting, just opening myself up to be heard again. I didn't want any of that. Mm -hmm. But the Lord knew that. And the Lord provided individuals around me, some within my local church and some outside of it, that cared for me and that loved me and that shepherded me and that, that lovingly and graciously and patiently walked with me through that. And there were times that I sinned against them. And I cast, I cast, you know, judgment on them uh, that they didn't deserve, and that I felt things against them because of the the junk that I was dealing with, and my and my my way of dealing with it was just was just wrong. And they were and they were patient with me through that. And so, my friends, look, I I understand that it hurts. I understand that it is, it's not fun, and there's a massive part of you that just wants to give up and not press in. But press in, we ha- you must. Yeah. You got to press into that pain. 
And the Lord is going to be faithful. He will to give you what you need for each day and each Sunday. Because I know Sundays are the worst. Mm-hmm. And he'll be there with you. He will. And he's going to use his people to care for you and lead you and shepherd you through the pain to get you to a place of joy again, because it is possible. Believe me. I didn't think it was for years. I didn't think it was. I can tell you that in Jesus Christ and the healing that he can bring, there is great joy to be found. And we have to be patient and faithful in the process to not let our emotions rule our lives. Mm -hmm. Right. So I just want our people to be encouraged, you know, whether you have been in this place and you have seen the Lord pull you out of it uh, or you're in this place now, be, be encouraged. You have a savior that understands you're, you have a savior that's with you and that healing that you're looking for. One of the primary ways that that healing is going to be given to you is through God's people. Don't abandon them. Don't back out, press in. It doesn't mean you got to jump into kids ministry. (laughs) Right. Sometimes that that means you're showing up, you're showing up on Sunday morning and that's it. Yeah. Okay. That's enough. Yep. That's enough. The Lord can do some great work through that and he will, he promises to. That's what I got, Jack. I hope our people are encouraged. I hope they, uh, hear our hearts in that. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's rough stuff, but, but there Mm -hmm. is, there's great joy to be found in the local church, even, even in suffering, um, that's that's what I have experienced, and I believe that uh, I believe the Lord will do that for our people also. Yeah, definitely agree with what you said, and yeah, I mean, there's never, there is always going to be a congregation that you would never expect to help you come into a better understanding and knowledge and union with Christ, mm-hmm. and then when it happens, it's just this very I don't know. I can't explain it right now with my local church. It's, it's something I have never experienced before and it's really good and it's really edifying. Um, and I think that it lends its hands because we have pastors who want to be transparent and who Mm want to be there leading our people and who want to be there saying, this is what gospel doctrine leading into gospel culture looks like. And they're the first ones to do that. Like they're the ones who display it. And so there are churches like that, plenty of them out there. You just have to seek. (laughs) Yeah. And that is tough to say sometimes, but honestly, I felt like the first, when I knew I was leaving my previous church, I knew that my current local church was going to put, going to be the place that I was going to go to just because I've heard so many like edifying things about it. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you may think, it does feel, I will say this, it does feel like there is a, a sort of apocalyptic kind of feel if you have to leave your local church for whatever reason. Church hurt, more um, escalated things other than that. Sure. But there are local churches out there that are not in the limelight and that are living in obscurity and are faithfully living out what the Lord is calling them to do and they're just these little pockets of just gospel renewal in your life that the Lord wants to have you there in order to do something in you. Mm-hmm. So be open to that. 
Yeah. Um, don't don't give into all the flashiness and the mega churches and stuff like that. Be open to going to a smaller local church mm. because yeah. that's, that's good advice. That's where you're going to find community. That's where you're going to find friendship. That's yep. where you're going to find more people that are going to actually want to know you and not you just right. being a number. So, which is the last thing that you're going to want, and it's yeah. the first thing you need. Yeah. So that's just and and that's that that's where it's at. That's where it's at. And like I realize those two things are really hard, but it's true. <laughs> it's true. It was true with me, and, and I believe it's true with you as well. Um, Jack, heavy up, heavy, 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 heavy. Let's talk about something better like next week, like Lordship Salvation. How about oh, that? I want to throw that at you. That's going to be an upcoming up. Uh, no. I have thoughts. I have thoughts. Jack, oh, get could, us out of here, my you man. You know what? We could talk what? about, ladies and gentlemen. If you appreciate <laughs> yeah. rant, maybe, no, no, no. What, I, what I were you going to say? What were you going to say next week? Because <laughs> next week is um, the day of of what we call La Veteran. Uh, oh. We can talk about we can talk about certain people called veterans in the church. Maybe. Oh, may um, you know, we might have to throw. I'm not as I'm I'm not as you're not as you're not as grumpy as okay okay okay. Here's here's what our <laughs> listeners need to do. Here's because oh, here's the thing, Jack. Man. We we will 100 do that. We will 100 do that. <laughs> but this is what our our listeners want. I want our listeners to do this first. Okay, I want you to go back, <laughs> go back probably uh, a year or more. A year probably. I think it was two years ago. Yeah, I think. I, yeah, at least two years, at least two years ago to an episode. It was one of the first episodes that we had Jack on uh, and he yeah. was a guest at this point because I was still I think I still had Daniel it was back in the days of Daniel. We had Jack on and the episode was entitled. <laughs> Don't thank me for my service. Yeah. <laughs> and you get you Dude. get you get angsty Jack. Angry, you get angsty, Jack. Yeah. Listen to that at first, and then we're gonna do another one, and you're gonna see that sanctification the- is real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much, man. Oh, I love it. I love it. All right, that that's what we're doing. That's what we're yeah. doing. Jack, get us out of here, man. All righty, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, if you appreciate Josh and I's attempts to uh, help out our local brothers and sisters in Christ in maybe tougher times with some more somber episodes sometimes. And maybe there's going to be, there's definitely going to be lighthearted episodes as well too. You two can join us on the sociables. Josh, Elon Musk is running the show now for the Twitter. Yes, he is, baby. It's I, official. I told you it was going to happen. I, I don't told trust you. it. I don't trust it. What do you mean you don't <laughs> trust it? Get out of here, dude. any of it. <laughs> I trust, dude, this is the best thing to happen to Twitter since it Mercy. started, dude. This is amazing. I am 100% in on this. Oh, he's going to charge, he's going to charge people for their blue checks. Dude, oh, it's man. absolutely bonkers. The world is going crazy over this and I'm loving every, dude, I'm, I'm the popcorn guy. I'm sitting back in my chair. I'm eating popcorn, watching it all. I love it. Love it. We have, oh gosh, what would we call the Twitter, the tweaker? The musker. Do we call it the musker I mean, now? <laughs> let's be fair. Let's be fair. It's still going to be tweaking. Yeah. He ain't, yeah. oh, yeah. ain't going to oh, change yeah. that. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> Nothing's going to change the, the tweaker, per nope. se. But to, to combat that as well, too, you have the Instagram. Mm-hmm. And then you also have the the Metaverse, the Facebook, uh, the Zek site, if you will. I feel like Musk and... 
Zetterberg are just going to go at it now. I hope so. Man. Let them fight. Let them fight. <laughs> it's going to be Godzilla versus King Kong. 100%. Uh, I'll let I'll let the I'll let the uh, the listeners decide who is who in that battle. Anyways, all of those sites that I just mentioned, those sociable sites, you can find us at the tag at Reformatory Pod. Josh, you can tell the lovely people how they might support us. Maybe give us some reviews. That's if right. You will. We we love reviews. If you're on Apple, we appreciate when you give us reviews. We appreciate when you scroll down, you hit the little five star action. And you give us some reviews. We've had some reviews come in, and I'm really, really excited about it. It's really cool. I really appreciate you guys. We just had one from uh, username Another Daryl, and he says, "For the love of cigars and reform theology, to the glory of God." Five star uh, review, Daryl. Yeah. You the man. I don't yeah. know if I know you in real life. I probably don't, but I love you. <laughs> I love you yeah. though. Uh, another Daryl, you are the man. Ladies and gentlemen, if you do that, if you head on over to Patreon, if you feel like it for $5 a month, you can become a Patreon. And we promise our pledge to you is that your name shall be hallowed. Hallowed, sir. Hallowed. Hallowed through the halls of this podcast. Last but not least, head on order, head on over to reformatorypod.com. Get yourself some local church merch. We're going to be doing a revamp on the store soon, lowering some prices, taking some stuff out, maybe some new, new designs. It's all in the works. But, you know, both your boys here are working full-time, so you got to cut us some slack. We're doing our best just to get the podcast out to you on time. We thank you all for listening, and we will catch you on the next step of the reformatory. <laughs> <laughs>